All right, so we'll say good morning, everyone. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our Tamatora sponsors now for the month of Shvat. Mrs. Bracha Strimber, in memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman, Eliezer Halevi, Zichon Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamo Haven Aliyah, and the family Enochama. And we thank Avi Tobias for dedicating all the Shiurim and Drashos this month in appreciation for the Daf. Of course, Hakaras Atov to Hakadosh Baruch for the beautiful Torah that He has given us. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Maishin uh, and Ellen Gvant, in gratitude to the Dafyomi Chevra. It's beautiful on their encouragement and enthusiasm as we begin the third year, the solar year of the Dafyomi cycle today. Pretty incredible. Just four and a half more years to go until the Grand Sium. Right around the corner, right around the corner. Thank you, Dr. Givant, for the beautiful chizuk. All right, well, so with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, I mean, Megillah is just great. Everything is great. All of Torah is great. So we'll say, so here we are. Remember again, we have, today's daf is Chaf Dalit 24. We are picking up Emir Hashem on Chaf Gimel Ahmed Beis. I believe we left off Ve'in Mizamnin. Yeah, that's where we left off. It's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. 14 lines up from the bottom. The Imizamnin, so let's remember again, we had a very exciting Mishnah yesterday that spoke all about the things you cannot do without a minion. So the Imizamnin ala mazon b'shem pachos me'asara. You can't bench using the name of Hashem with less than 10 people. So the Gemara says, because we'll say the idea over here is, since you want to use the name of Hashem, to go ahead and use Nevarech Lelokinu, let us, let us bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not appropriate to do that with less than 10. Vakarkos, an ultimate tisha of a coin, va'adam kiyotzebain. I'll say, remember again, if I want to redeem land from Hekdish, or for that matter again, a person wants to pledge their value to the Beis HaMikdash, that also requires 10 people. But remember again, that 10, interestingly enough, needs one coin, one coin, and nine other people. So says the Gemara, from where do we know this? Says the Gemara, this is very interesting. The Torah writes coin 10 times, 10 times in the parsha. Look at Rashi. Yud Kohanim Ksuvim, the parsha Sekdeshos, Shlosha Be'erchin, Ushlosha Be'behema, Va'arba Be'karkos. Shabbos say, this is interesting. The, the word Kohen is written 10 times in the section that speaks about valuations, right? Pledging values or pledging items to the base of it. So I'll say, so what, what do I do with 10 mentions of Kohanim? So watch this. So the Gemara says, Chad Lugufe, so one is to teach you that a coin himself needs to be part of the valuation process. That's number one. Chad v'gufei. V'chad v'idach havimiyot achamiyot. They will say, this is fascinating. They will say, there's a concept, there's a concept that sometimes when the Torah says something once, the idea of stating it once is there to create a rule. When the Torah creates, mentions something multiple times, I should say, when the Torah says something specific multiple times, that could be called a miot achar miot, an exclusionary phrase after an exclusionary phrase. Now, that's one of the exegetical principles. What happens after you have a miot achar miot? They miot achar miot rabos. So this is very interesting. So when you have one exclusionary phrase, that comes to create a rule. When you have the same exclusionary phrase written multiple times, that comes to include, not to exclude. So therefore, again, I both say, I have, one, I have one mention of coin that teaches me you need a coin to be part of every valuation process. So what do the other nine come to teach me? That's a miyot achar miyot, and miyot achar miyot is the rabos. To teach you what? Tisha Yisraelim bechad coin. So it's coming to teach me that you need one coin, but you also need nine Yisraelim. Nine Yisraelim. I don't know, how do you know that it means one Kohen and nine Yisraelim. Maybe it means five Kohanim and five Yisraelim, to which the Gemara says, Kasha. Really, it's a Kasha. So we'll say the way the Halacha ultimately understands this is, for any valuation process, you need at least one Kohen. You want to have more Kohanim, less Kohanim, that's your business. But at the end of the day, for any, for any valuation process, you want to redeem land from the Beis HaMikdash, you want to evaluate a person because they pledged their value to the Beis HaMikdash, 
that process requires at the involvement of at least one Kohen. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, So Adam mi Kadosh, could a person become Kadosh? Um, Rabbi Avo, so we'll say, that, by the way, what a, what a profound question the Gemara is asking. Va'adam mi kadosh, right? Ultimately, again, could a person become kadosh? And I'll say, of course, the answer to that is absolutely, absolutely. To which the Gemara, so Rabbi Avo, ba'omer dimei alai. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a situation where a person is pledging his value, pledging his value. In other words, as opposed to real estate, which can be given to the Beis HaMikdash, and as opposed to livestock, which can be given to the Beis HaMikdash. Of course, a person himself cannot be pledged to the Beis HaMikdash. So when we speak about a person being pledged, what we mean is a person is pledging his value. I'm pledging my value to the Beis HaMikdash. If a person says, my value is upon me, shaman oso, keeved. Ultimately, we evaluate them like a servant. In other words, we both say, how do you determine the value of a person, right? So there's actually two different ways to do this. Interestingly enough, a person could go ahead and say, erkialai, person, that's an erech vow. We both say, what happens in an erech vow? Remember again, we've learned this before. What's an erech vow? There, the Torah gives objective categories, right? If you're a male between the ages of 20 and 60, your value is this. A woman between the ages of... And that's independent of, of, of actually of who I am. Those are just, those are just, but that's, that's an erech vow. If a person says a different kind of, as a person pledges their value, demei alai, I pledge my value. What's my value? Well, my value is really determined by how much I could produce. So therefore, I'm almost valuing like a servant. If I were to be sold as a servant, as a laborer, how much money would I fetch on the open market? So that's a valuation process. That's what the mission is referring to over here. And if I was listening to this, the eved, is kishle karkos, an eved is compared to karka, right? The, right, an eved is compared to karka. Literally, again, by an eved kanani, an eved kanani is passed on an inheritance, just like real estate. And I both say, what did we just get finished saying? Real estate, valuation of real estate requires what? Requires what? Ten people, one of them must be, one of them must be? A kohen. The other nine can be Yisraelim. Avadim are compared to karka, and therefore when I say demei alai, I pledge my value, I am valuated like an eved. And therefore, again, the process for creating my valuation is also a minion, one of whom must be a Kohen, the rest can be Yisraelim. Rosai, beautiful. Beautiful. That brings to a conclusion the sugya. Mishnah. Hakori when you read, from, we've already seen this concept before. When you read from the Torah, you cannot read less than three psukim. Well, as we've already established that, then Naliyah can never be less than three psukim. I will say, one of the most interesting things that they had in the times of the Mishnah was the Torgaman. Bose mentioned this before. The Torgaman's job was literally to have Kriyasa Torah. And if you could imagine, imagine like a human, a human art scroll. Right, so someone is up there, they write the Balkari reads the Pasuk, and the Torgamon explains it. And it will say it's not just a translation, to be clear, not just a translation, an explanation. Because understand, we mentioned this before a few days ago, for the masses, for the masses, Kriyasa Torah is often when they got their Torah education. Right? So you came to Shul through its Kriyasa Torah. So again, we, we, we kind of have, sometimes we have this, you know, it's, it's human nature to always glorify the past and extol the past and kind of create some type of idyllic picture. Everybody was a Talmud Chacham and everyone knew everything. I was like, it's only that we live in a time where knowledge is accessible to anyone and everyone. That is an unprecedented reality, an incredible bracha in the times that we live in. But again, in times of the Mishnah, if you were just a common person, you came to Shul, you listened to Kriya Torah, the Torgaman did his thing, and that's, that's how you learned. That's how you learned. That was the job of the Torgaman. So listen to this. So the idea is, when the Balkari is reading, if there's a Torgaman, you don't read more than one Pasuk at a time. Now, what's the logic behind that? Because Rashi says, You don't want the Torgaman to make a mistake. See, so if you read to him too many Pesukim at a time, he's going to get confused, maybe rush to it. So listen to this. This was Kriya Satora in yesteryear, right? Kriya Satora, that, that, that literally, again, they were going ahead and reading one Pasuk at a time. The Torgaman does his thing, does his translation. It's, it's incredible. No, what I will point out, by the way, is you also see something very interesting. 
You know, there were different communities that only finished the Torah once every three years, which is fascinating to see. If you kind of marry these concepts a little bit, it begins to make a lot of sense. Because if you've got a Torgamon up there, both sides, can you imagine that Shabbos when there's a Torgamon and it's a double parsha, right? I'm telling you, everybody's doubting Hashkawa that minion, right? That, that Shabbos, right? So, 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 it's, so I'm just pointing out, you begin to see how so many of these practices may, may begin. So therefore, again, maybe finishing the Torah once every three years and dividing up the parashios in much smaller chunks. Okay, in any event, the point over here is, if you have a Torgamon, you don't read more than one Pasuk at a time. Top of Chavdalit, Obenavi Shlosha. I will say in Novi, you could read up to three psukim at a time. In other words, if you have a Torgamon there and the Torgamon's translating the Aftorah or Novi, you could read even more psukim. Why I will say, on a simple level, if the Torgamon makes a mistake by his translation or explanation of Novi, what do we say? It's okay. In other words, because I will say, for a simple, it's not that we don't care about Novi, chas shalom. It's that, it's that we're not learning halacha from Novi. We're not learning mitzvahs from Nabi. So again, might a person get a wrong explanation on historical fact? It's possible. You might get a, you might get a misunderstanding of Jewish history. But Lamaisa, we're not concerned that a person is going to walk away with an erroneous understanding of halacha, of a mitzvah. So therefore, again, shalosh parashios koren echad echad. Sorry. Hayu shloshton shalosh parashios. If ultimately, again, I will say, we'll, we'll discuss this idea. If you have, if you have three psukim, which themselves are three parashios. In other words, let's say this is in Navi. In Navi, let's say you have three psukim, which are three different topics. That's really what it means. Three consecutive psukim that are really three different topics. Then even in Navi, koren echad echad. In other words, also, we just got finished saying it like this. When you're reading Torah, so you should, the Balkori should read one Pasuk at a time. Give the Torgamon a chance to translate each Pasuk individually. When you're reading Navi, you could even go ahead and read three Pasukim at a time. Fine. Right? However, in Navi, if you have three consecutive Pasukim, there are three different topics. You really should read those one at a time. Because since they're three independent topics, even though they're consecutive Pasukim, we'll see an example of that. Halach Lamaisi, you want to give the Torgamon the opportunity to translate each of them, to explain each of them independently. Good. You can go ahead and skip in Navi, right? From one parsha to another parsha, but you can't go ahead and skip in Torah. So, we'll say, so what this idea is, you can't go, you can't roll the scroll in the middle of Kriyasa Torah, but you can roll the scroll in the middle of reading Nevi'im. Now, we'll say, now, why is that? Now, look at Rashi, this is fascinating. Ve'in medalgin v'Torah, Rashi says, because if I'm in the audience, in the audience, I'm, I'm in shul, I'm in the minion, and the balkore is they're rolling the Torah, what's going to happen? He says, My mind's not settled to listen. I will say, what a profound Rashi. Rashi is explaining that what? People are easily distracted. People are easily distracted. So if you start rolling, if you start rolling, that distracts people. I both say, remember again, what are people, what are people listening to the Torgamon with? It's Baal right? They're listening. So in order to listen and people be able to ingest the information properly, they ha- their minds have to be settled. Even the smallest distraction has the ability to throw people off. I will say, it's such a, it's such a profound yisod. And by the way, isn't it, I just want to point out, isn't it amazing the notion of people getting distracted, right? And therefore not focusing on learning, not focusing on Christ. So, you know, we think like that's a new thing since the invention of the smartphone, right? We, we, right? we think like we're the first people to ever be distracted by something. But it's amazing. To, now, now we, we have an incredibly difficult time pay, staying on task and paying attention to things because we are generally distracted with, with, with technology and with everything. But I'm just pointing out, the problem is not a new one. The problem is not a new one. Having people remain focused has always been, it's human nature. We just, we just get easily, our, our attention is drawn elsewhere. So therefore, again, the Mishnah says, don't start rolling the Torah because you're going to go ahead and distract people. Incredible. So we have come on with that. And we'll say, how much can you skip in Navi? It's very interesting. You could skip as long we'll say here, here's the chap. So in other words, just play this out. The Balkari reads the Pasik, the Torgamon is giving his explanation. You can roll, now remember again, they're reading the VM from a scroll. 
from a scroll. One day, I hope, in the Shul, we're going to start this. So beautiful to, to lay enough Torah from a scroll, to have Nevi'im from a scroll. And even, so we'll say, so remember, not, not good for the Baal of Torah, but, you know, good, good for me. Say, so, so, so I'll just point out something very interesting. So what they would do is, they, so Balkari read the Pasuk, Targumah gives his explanation. Essentially, the Mishnah says, Balkari, you could roll as far as you want the Nevi'im, as long as you get to your desired location before the Turgaman finishes his explanation. In other words, there can't be a pause because you're rolling. There can't be a pause. So you could roll as far as you want, as long as you get to the desired destination, the VM, before the Turgaman finishes his explanation. Beautiful. So it says the Marahani Gimel Psukim, can I get me? So we'll say, so we said you can't read less than three Psukim in Ali in the Torah. So why three Psukim? Can I get to the VM? Tanach. Three Psukim. Corresponding to Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. Beautiful. Below Yikrul, the Matragon, Yosef, Pasak Echad, Ubenavi Gimel Psukim, Vim Hayu Shoshan, Shalash Pashas, Kore Echa Echad. Next thing in the Mishnah. Right? If you're reading Torah, if you're reading the Torah, you can't read, you can't read more than one Pasak at a time for the Torah Gaman. In Navi, you can read up to three Psukim at a time. However, if three Psukim are three independent topics, you can only read them one at a time. So the Gemara says, what's an example? of three psukim in Navi, there are three different topics. So I will say the Gemara says you could find it in Yeshaya, Perak Nun Beis, Psukim Gimel, Dalid, and Hey. There are three, three consecutive psukim, but actually three different topics. Ki ka'amar Hashem chinam nimkartem, ki ka'amar Hashem alokim misrayim yarat imi barishona, va'ata malipo no'om Hashem. Good, I will say just three examples, even though again, three different psukim, Three different topics. You could skip in Navi, but you can't skip in Torah. So I'll say, let's analyze this. Or Minhi, so the Gemara says, is that really true that you can't skip in Torah? So the Gemara says, So I'll say, here's the issue. Here's the issue. The Gemara says, you are, Rashi says over here, look at Rashi, Kore, Koin Gadl, Achre Mosvimek Kippurim, Mishtim Sechas Yuma, Biach Ba'asra Lechodesh, Veish Kan Dilog, Biach Ba'asra Lechodesh, Veish Kan Dilog, De Parshas Ach Ba'asra Lechodesh, Hashri Ba'parshas Emor Alakohanim. So I'll say, listen to this. The Mishtim Sechas Yuma says, that on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol does Kriyas Torah in the Beis HaMikdash. And what does he read in the Beis HaMikdash? He goes from Parshas Achremos to Parshas Emar. Now, both say, that's skipping. That's skipping. Yet the Mishnah said there is no skipping by Torah, only by Navi. So what's going on over here? I have a Hakam Dalik. The Kohen Gadol is skipping in the Kriya on Yom Kippur. I'm Rabbi Elokashya. So Rabbi says, no, 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 you can skip, you can skip as long as what? You get to where you want to skip to before the Torgaman finished his explanation. Before he finished his explanation, one but we, we gave that explanation, but that explanation was given for what? Was given for what? For Navi. We, we remember, I'll say, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, in Torah, you can't skip at all. In Navi, you could skip, but you could only skip if you could get to your desired destination before the Torgaman finishes his explanation. Both said from the Mishnah makes it sound like in Torah you're not allowed to skip at all. Even Navi, even Navi, where you're allowed to skip, the limitation was you could skip as much as you need as long as you could get to where you need to get to before the Torgaman finishes. But the Mishnah was quite explicit in teaching me that in Torah I can't skip at all. So once again, how is the coin Gadol able to go ahead and skip around on Yom Kippur? To which the Gemara says, Amr Ela Amr Abaye, Lo so what's very interesting? Abayi gives another answer. Abayi says, no, no, no. When can't you skip in Torah? You can't skip from one topic to another topic. But in the same topic, you're allowed to skip. And again, but even then, even in one topic, when you're allowed to skip, right? What do you, what do you have to do? You have to make sure that what? That you get from, from location A to location B before the Torgamon finishes his explanations. We'll also take a look at Rashi. Remember again, the whole issue we saw before of skipping is a concern of a lapse in concentration of those in attendance. 
Abaye says, when is there a lapse of concentration? When you are going from one topic to another topic. But if halacha lemaisa, you are going ahead and staying on topic. Just going from one location to another, there's nobody called Tirif Adas. There's no lapse of concentration. Rashi says, Hilchach kilo mafsik torgaman medaleg shayishnei be'inyon yom ekipurim. Lidarim umasli. He's in the Tani Klalo b'shneiyam. So therefore, both say, what Abai is suggesting over here is as follows. That Allah Chalamaisa, you could skip in Torah. You could skip in Torah, but you have two criteria. Criteria number one, is you have to stay on topic, in the same topic. Criteria number two, you have to get to the second spot before the Torgamon finishes his explanation. Therefore, again, the Kohen Gadol is able to skip, because remember, going from Achremos to Achli Asr Lachodesh, it's the same topic as Yom Kippur. I guess they had a Torgamon in the Beis HaMikdash. That's what it sounds like over here. They had a Torgamon as well. So that's how the Kohen Gadol was able to skip on Yom Kippur. So the Imar says, but one second. Vahatanya. Medalgin betora beinyan echad ubenavi bishnei inyanim. I'm sorry, Vatanya. I both say so. The Gemara brings this as a support, and therefore we learned in the Brisa medalgin betora beinyan echad. You could skip when reading the Torah as long as you're staying on topic. Ubenavi bishnei inyanim, and in Navi you could even skip from one topic to another topic. Kan vikan bichteshalay yifsokatargman. I both say, but again in both cases. Whether you are skipping in Torah or whether you are skipping in Navi, you have to get to the second spot before the Torgoman finishes his explanation. Beautiful. So therefore, again, interestingly enough, the way the Torah is kind of, the way the, way the Gemara is, I just want to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how the Gemara is ending up on this and then what the actual halacha is. So I'll say the way the Gemara is ending up with this is that you could skip in Torah, medal Torah, Right, as long as what two criteria are met. Number one, you're staying on the same topic, and number two, you get to location number two before the Torgaman finishes his explanation. We'll say, we'll just tell you halacha We pass like the straight reading of the Mishnah, which is in Torah. We do not, which I will say, it's something very important. This is even why by will say, even by the Dalit Parshas, which we're going to get to. Which we're coming up on, right? The, the first, the supplemental read, Parshas Achodesh, Parshas Para, Parshas Zohar, right? I will say, what do we do? We don't take, we, we don't roll one Torah, right? We take out two Sifre Torah, right? So interestingly enough, even though wouldn't it be so much easier just to roll? So again, th- there's a couple of reasons for that, but one of the reasons is in Medalgam Torah, we, we, we do not skip around. In 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 a, in a, in, a, in reading, so again, I'm just wondering, even though it sounds like the, it sounds like the gemara is kind of settling here on something so beautiful that halacha lemaisa again you can skip in the Torah as long as it's Indian echad halacha lemaisa we don't do that. I now from the Mishnah of Seth, assuming they did it in the Mikdash. Shabbos said, "What's the simple answer to that?" Based on Mikdash, right? That's always the answer, right? Based on, okay, based on Mikdash, they did a lot of things there. That are, that are different than normative practice. Right? So we'll say, so again, also by Hakel, by the way, the king would skip around to different. So again, based on Mikdash was different. So we'll say, listen to this. Even in Navi, however, there is a, there is a, um, what's the word? Not a limitation, but a, um, I'm on. Uh, caveat, okay, whatever, a limitation. That even in Navi, where it sounds like you could skip whatever you want, you can't skip from one Navi to another Navi. In other words, both say, we saw a Navi, you could skip from one end of Sefer Shoftim to the, end of, to the other end of Sefer Shoftim. As long as you get to the second end, where, when? When? Before the Torgamon. What you can't do is go from Sefer Shoftim to Sefer Shmuel. That, 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 that you can't do. You can't go from one safer to another safer. However, the Gemara says, I'm sorry. They both say, what can you do? What can you do? You can go ahead and go from, from, the, from the Navi of Treasar. I'm sorry. In Treasar, which I will say is, you know, it's funny. They always call Treasar like the, the minor prophets. I've always felt that's a little bit insulting, right? There's the, uh, they, they don't mean minor prophets. They mean is they're small svarim. They're small svarim. It's not, right? It's not a, so I'll say, so Treasar, Treasar, right? Are, are, are literally 12 books of me. So in Treasar, interestingly enough, we see this Treasar is often considered to be like one safer, 
one safer. So in Treyasar, you can go ahead and skip from the beginning to the end. I'm sorry, I should say, you can skip from one safer to another. What can't you do? You can't go from the end to the beginning. Now Rashi says over here, So in other words, what you can't do is, you can't skip backwards. You want to skip forward, you can skip forward, but you can't skip backwards. You could well say, so what comes out is, in Navi you can skip, right? In Navi you can skip, even from one safer, right from the beginning of one safer to the end of another safer, can't go, can't, I'm sorry, from one safer to the end of a safer, can't go from one safer to another safer. In Navi you can even skip from one topic to another topic, as long as you can get to your second location, before the Torgaman finishes. As much as the Gemara seems to indicate to us that in Torah you can skip, Halacha Lamaisa, we do not skip Bitsibor. Says the Mishnah. Hamafje Benavi. So we'll also listen to this. Is it fascinating as well? Hamafje Benavi, who poris al Shema. We'll also say now listen to this. This is talking about the person who does the half Torah. I will say now, Gemara points out there is something fascinating. We think half Torah is such a big keyboard. Right, so we'll say, it's unfortunately, people even fight over it, right? People even fight over Haftorah, which again, just is a good opportunity to point this out. But say, it doesn't, Baruch it doesn't happen here, but it happens in other places where sometimes like people fight over the Amr who's going to daven for a yard site. People make separate minyanim, this, that. But say, just understand, no one ever honors the memory of the dead by fighting with other Jews. That's for sure, right? No relative ever looks down from Gan Eden and says, oh, I'm so happy that my son is arguing over who's going to say Aftorah on the Shabbos before my yard site or who's going to dive in my riv on the night. There's no nachas to the deceased and there's no nachas to the ribon shalom. In fact, lehefech, being mevater, being mevater, giving the cover to someone else is the greatest aliyah you can give to the neshama of your loved ones. So important. Interestingly enough, Haftorah, right, from the uh, perspective of the Mishnah, was not really such a big covet. It was not a big covet to the point that in order to get people to do Haftorah, they had to sweeten the deal. So I'll say, now watch this. So therefore the Mishnah says, Hamaftir binavi, person who says the Haftorah, so listen to this, who poris al shma, they would let him be the guy who is poris al shma. So I'll say, so now listen to this. Remember, poris al shma, we saw, which is yesterday, right? I get confused with the Mishnah Yomi. And that Yomi, right? We did this recently in both, but we just mentioned this yesterday, right? This is the guy. Now, now, in this context, what it means is he's the guy who says Baruchu. He's the guy who says Baruchu. So we let him daven Baruchu. Right now, that's for who overlift the table, we let him be the Chazan. Vunose is Kapov, if he's a Kohen, we let him Duchin. So what you see is we build up, we build up the offer, right? So you say the Haftorah, you get to be the Paris al Shema guy, you get to be the Chazan guy. If you're a Kohen, you get to Duchin, which of course is, is not, I mean, you get to do that anyway if you're a Kohen. But but is a fine, but and what happens, what happens if the person reading the Haftorah is a Katan? Now, technically speaking, Technically speaking, a katan could read the Haftorah. So what happens in that situation? Aviv Oraba over in Al Yado. In that case, again, we give all of these same kibudim, but we give it to the katan's father or rebbe. Kori Batora Umetargim. I'm sorry. Bimaya katan Aviv Oraba over in Al Yado. Katan Kori Batora Umetargim. Technically speaking, a katan could go ahead and read the Torah and could even be the Torgaman. Okay, so the Gemara says, but he cannot be Paris say Now, the reason for that is remember again, a katan can't do anything that's motzi someone else in their obligation, right? Because remember again, you can only be motzi someone if what? If what? If you're chayiv as well. So Paris Hashma is your big motzi people in Baruchu. Interesting, I will say, this is fascinating also from the Mishnah's perspective. The Baal Kore is not being motzi anyone in Kriyas Torah. Right? I'm motzi myself in Kriyasadar. How am I motzi myself? How? I listen. I listen. I follow along. I follow along or I read along. Right? So he, he's reading it out loud, but he's not motzi me according to the Mishnah. That's why a cotton, a cotton could go and be the Bakore. Right? But Lamaisa, again, but Lamaisa, he can't be Paris Ashma. They over the fair table, nor could the cotton go ahead and daven for the Ahmed. They as Kapov. And ultimately, again, he can't dochen. And a cotton can't dochen. So I'll say, listen to this. Pochech, poris eshma umetargim. So I'll say, what's a pochech? Rashi says over here, Rashi says, pochech b'msechah sofrim, b'farish kol shekara avnirin. Anyone who has exposed legs, 
So I'll say, you know what this is? Someone's wearing shorts, right? Someone has exposed legs. If someone has exposed legs, he could go ahead and potentially be Pori Seshma, Umetargim, and he could even go ahead and be the Torgamon, Abal Eno Kore Batora. But we do not allow him to be the Baal Kore, and we're going to see, nor do we allow him to get an Aliyah. Then get an Aliyah. Rabbi will say, now what's the logic there? Rashi says, Abal Eno Kore Batora, Mishum Kavad Torah. So we'll say, because it's, it's, it's a lack of Kavad Torah. Going up, right? Coming up to the Torah in shorts, is it with your legs exposed, there's a lack of Kavad Torah. Vechein Lifnei teva. we won't let such a person daven for the Amud as well. Vechein he can't duchen either, Genai Hu Litzibor. Now, we'll say, interestingly enough, it's considered to be degrading to the tzibor. In other words, the tzibor says, come on, put on pants, right? Put on pants, right? Come on, you know, be a big boy, put on pants, let's go. That's how, that's how we dress here. I will say, so, so again, it's very interesting. So what's fascinating to see is he can do certain things, right? But anything that has an element of kavarat tzibor associated with it, he's not allowed to do. Vein over with neateva, vein says kappa, fine. We'll say, last topic, suma. Pores eshma umetaragim. I will say it's fascinating. A blind person. A blind person says the Mishnah can be pores eshma. I will say, I remember again, what does it mean to be pores eshma? Remember we learned this yesterday. Baruchu, through what? Through what? Through the brach of Yotzer Hamaoros. Right? It's kind of like your ability to get Baruchu and Kedusha. Kadosh, 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 and Baruchu. So let's listen to this. The Mishnah says that a blind person can be pores eshma. Now, what's the Chiddush in that? The Chiddush in that is the bracha of Yotzer HaMa'oros is thanking Hashem for creating the luminaries. Thank you, Hashem, for creating light. But Lamaisa, again, the Summa, is blind. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says, he can still be Paris Hashanah. Behuda says, no. If you have never seen, directly benefited from the luminaries, you cannot go ahead and say, you cannot be Paris Hashanah. But we'll say, interesting machlokis. We'll get to the Gemara. Says the Gemara, my time out. So we'll say, let's take a step back over here. So remember again, the Mishnah started by saying that halacha lemaisa, for the person who does the Torah, we kind of sweeten the deal a little bit by giving him extra, extra honors, right? So he's going to go and be part of Shema, daven for the Ahmed, duchen if he's a coin. So what's the reason? Why do we have to do this? My time Rav Papa Mishum Kovit. Rav Papa says it's alts covered. Look at Rashi. Mishum covered. Lahavir lefneateva hoyo umamsi atzmolo davar sheno kavodo tiknu lo zulichvod. But I'll say, listen to this because saying the haftorah is not really so bakavadik, right? It's not really such a covered. So we don't want a person to feel like like their ego's getting slighted. So therefore, in order to make sure that a person doesn't feel, you know, that they're getting slighted, so we give them some other kibudim. See, I'll say the great part about giving covered is what. It's, it's easy, it's free, and there's an inexhaustible supply, right? You can, oh, it's so easy to give covet to people. Now here again, they're giving covet in a little bit more of a tangible form. They're letting him do something. But Lamaisa, that's the idea. He's saying Daf Torah. Daf Torah is not such a covetic thing, meaning it's a selection from the VM. He didn't get a real Aliyah, right? Let's be honest, right? He didn't get a real Aliyah, right? What did he get? He got Maftir. Maftir is not one of the seven, right? So he's kind of like the add-on guy. So he didn't get a real Aliyah. He's staying from Navi, so you don't want him to feel slighted. So what do you do? Build him up, right? Build him up. Just give him some. I will say, brother, it's such, it's such a good muster in life that that the way you can make people feel so good about themselves if you just give them a little bit of covet. And this is true on every single level, right? You go to the grocery store and you, you make small talk with the checkout person, right? And you say, hello, good morning, how are you? Have a great day. You look tired, you look rested, you look whatever you need to. You give people a little bit of covet, you mock your them, you make them feel like a million dollars. Literally, make them feel like a million dollars. You go ahead and you see someone who's struggling, you say, hey, you know, I hope everything works out. Again, simple things, simple things that make all of the difference. Give people covet and you'll build them up. So the guy in Naftora is a little bit beside himself. Like, why didn't I get one of the regular seven aliyahs? No problem. You're so chashiv. You're so important. You're an integral cog in the wheel. We could not do this without you. Right? I can't use these lines anymore. Right? No, I, said, I said it in public. And so I'll say, so, 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 I'll say, so ultimately, again, we, we build them up. So says the Gemara. It's very interesting. Rav Rasimi says, no, there's a concern that people are going to fight. Now, what does this mean? Look at Rashi. Mishum, it's Nuyeh. Hadavar bali di machlokes, ani maftir vata tavar lefneateva. 
there's a concern ultimately again about machlokis. Now, I will say, now the truth is part of what also the, the machlokis comes about is the Marashot points this out is often the person who did the Haftorah wasn't a paid position and some of these other people did get paid, right? So there was a concern that, that people would end up fighting because money is involved as well. My bin, I have also a practical difference. The good nafkamina could be where the person who normally davens for the Ahmed does so for free. So the Gemara says, Rashi says over here, "Abal lavar lachni ateva ino notel schar." Rashi says, "I'm a base the hacha. It's new year leka mishum kaverika." We'll say in a case where the where the baltfila davens for free. So in that case, there's no concern about people getting in arguments over money, but there might still be a covered issue. So the Gemara says, "Tenan vim haya katan avivah rabba over the aliyah." Remember again, we saw the Mishnah that if if a katan was called up for the aftora, his father or his rebbe does all this instead of him. Iamret mishum nitsuye. Sifi tell me the issue is we give the Balaf Torah all these other kibudim because we're afraid of people fighting over money. Does a katan, a katan doesn't fight over stuff. Elamai mishum kavod. Ultimately, it must be because of kavod. Katan bar kavod hu. Rebbe say, does a katan care about kavod? Rebbe say, by the way, isn't this a beautiful, beautiful thing? It's true. Children don't care about kavod. It's only adults who care about kavod. I want to say something so profound that we could learn, right? And sometimes it's such a yisod in life about taking elements of your childhood with you. If only we could remain childish in that level and not care about covet so much and not care about honor, not care about accolade, not care so much about the ego, how much better life would be. It's true. There's not the covet of the minor, of the katan, but there is the covet of his father or the covet of his rebbe. Oh, well, once that's the case, then the truth is there might also be an element in terms of what? In terms of fighting over money as well, because there could be that issue regarding his, the right to finances of his father or his Rebbe. So I said, the ideal viewers, here's what we know. What we know is the reason why we sweetened the deal for the Balaf Torah is we didn't, one of two reasons, either covered, we just don't want him to be slighted. We don't want him to feel slighted. So therefore, in order just to maintain his healthy sense of self, we go to, we give him these other, these other opportunities to participate in the tzibur as well. Or second possibility ultimately is what? That it's going to turn into a financial machlokas. Because at the end of the day, the person who said the Haftorah didn't get paid, sometimes the person who davened for the tzibur would get paid. So a person might feel slighted if all he does is gets asked to do the non-paying things. Therefore, we give him some more in order that, okay, if there's money involved, he could have a little bit of it as well. So again, the Gemara doesn't come to a resolution because they both could be right. They both could easily be right because of covered, because of arguing over money. Good. So we'll say, Pochech, Poris Ashma. Let's listen to this. Baimine, Ula, Barav, Neabaye. Katan, Pocheach, Mash, or Pochech, Mash, Yikrabatora. We'll say, what about a Katan who has uncovered legs? Can he be the Balkore? Can he be the Bakar? Amrlay, Viti Bailacha Arum. So why don't you just ask, what if he's naked? So the Gemara says, Arum, my time alone. No, no, no. If he's naked, why can't he? Mishum Kavat Sibor. Obviously, if he's naked, he can't go ahead and die. He can't go ahead and get an Aliyah or read because of Kavat Sibor. Hachanai Mishum Kavat Sibor. Well, see, it's actually quite a dramatic Gemara. So the Gemara says, anyone with uncovered legs. Uncovered legs is going to have the same type of status. That if a person comes in and they're not dressed, in accordance with normative dress, then that's just a lack of kavod. You know, say, everybody's welcome. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a day. Everybody's welcome. Come. But the idea is that when you get up, and it, in general, it's very important. When you, when you get up and you're doing something that has a kavod at seaboard issue, there's a dress code. There's a dress code. person has to be dressed for, for the again. You're going to represent the seaboard. You're going to do something in front of the seaboard. A person should be dressed appropriately to reflect that which they are doing. Summa poris ashma. I want to say summa. Ultimately, again, can be poris ashma. So Tanya, I'm Rabbi Huda. So listen to this. Remember, we had this machlokis in Mishnah. Tanakhama said that a summa blind person can be poris ashma. Rabbi Huda said, no. If you have never seen the luminaries, you cannot go in and be poris ashma. So listen to this. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Huda. So listen to this. See, Rabbi Huda's logic is like this. If, you ne- if you've never seen it, in other words, if you don't understand, if you never experienced it, then you can't say it. Then you can't say it. So he said to Rabbi Huda, you know, Rabbi Huda, many people 
throughout the ages have tried to understand the Meisimer Kava. Right, they will say the Meisimer Kava is the most esoteric vision, say for Yecheskel, right, Meisimer Kava. So they said, you know, many people have strived to understand Meisimer Kava, even though they've never seen Meisimer Kava. So in other words, you could understand something even if you've never seen it. But Rabbi Huda, so, so, so they want to say so to a blind person, maybe he's never seen the luminaries. But why should that preclude him from ultimately being Pori Sashla? Rabbi Huda, Hasam Ba'avanta Daliba Talyanosa. So we'll say, Baha, Kamechabin Viyada. So we'll say it's different. My Simmer Kava is dependent on what? Understanding of the heart. Can you reach a level where you understand my Simmer Kava? Can you reach that level? Can I reach it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's possible. Maybe not probable, but certainly possible. But over here, Baha, so I'll say this is fascinating. You see, Rabbi Huda understands that the bracha of Yotzer Ma'oros is almost like a berchas hananin. A berchas hananin. Right? That it's a bracha that is said, thank you Hashem for creating the Ma'oros from which I get benefit. Well, if a person is blind, he doesn't get benefit from the Ma'oros. So I'll say, you know, using the same logic according to Rabbi Huda, Right? A blind person also wouldn't say what? He wouldn't say because he's blind. He's blind. It's not, it's not true for him. So Rabbi Huda understands that all of these brachos which speak about the things that Hashem make for us, if experientially you don't have that, then you don't say the bracha. So Rabbi Huda What did the Rabbanon do with it? It's so, so beautiful. The Rabbanon is saying a blind person does have hana from the luminaries. Like this, or we'll say, Desanya, Am Rabbi Yossi, this is beautiful. All of my days, I never understood the following Pasuk. Now we'll say, what's the Pasuk? You will feel around in the middle of the day. Like the blind person um, feels around in the dark. The same way the blind person is lost in the dark, this, this, this is the tochacha. So you will go ahead and feel it, right? It'll be dark for you even midday. So, the, so Rabbi Yossi said, We'll say if a person is blind, what doesn't make a difference to him if it's light or it's dark outside? Either way, he's always feeling around in the same darkness. In other words, I will say, the Pasuk says, you're going to be feeling around midday like the blind person feels around at night. The blind person is always in a state of night, whether it's by day or by night. So why does I have to say that? Well, see, I just point out, you want to something so beautiful? See, Rabbi Yossi says, All of my days, I was troubled. Troubled. He doesn't say, all of my days, I couldn't understand this Pasuk. He was saying, how do I feel when I can't understand something in Torah? Right? How do I feel? See, so, I don't understand that. Okay, all right, let's move on. Right? Or is there a tzar? I was saying, See, Rabbi Yossi so badly wanted to understand this Pasuk, and he couldn't, and it mamish caused him tsar. Rabbi said, that's a level that Halabai one day will be zochet to reach, where if I can't understand something, I feel like I'm missing out. You know, when you feel like you're missing out, I don't think that's when you feel tsar. Oh, I wish I could have gone. I wish I could have gone. You know what I'm saying? I will tell you, I was supposed to go to Florida to speak. Take any, it doesn't matter. I would have gone to Florida to bus tables, you know, but I was supposed to go. You see, literally, again, I've had six flights canceled. Six flights canceled. So I'll say, so it's incredible. You know, when you want to do something, you want to do something, but you, but you can't. Like, there's a tsar. Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, so at the end of the day, how you see mitzar? I, I'm losing out. I can't understand the Pasuk. You know what it's like to go through life not understanding a Pasuk? So the Gemara says, Acheba, listen to this. Acheba, Yadi, Pam Ahos. Listen to this. Until one time, following happened. One time, he says, I was walking at night. I was walking at night. And I saw a blind man who was walking on the road. And he was holding a torch. I said to my son, you're blind. What do you need a torch for? Amrali, listen to this. How beautiful this is. Amrali calls man shavuka biyadi b'nei adam ro'enosi. As long as I hold the torch, other people are able to see me. And they save me from the ditches, from the thistles, and from the thorns. In other words, I will say, so profound. And therefore, therefore again, when the, when the blind man is in the dark, it's even worse because no one could even see him. 
No one could see him. So ultimately, again, that's the meaning of the Pasuk, that you will be stricken, you will, you will feel around during the darkness of the midday like a blind person in the dark. The blind person in the dark is a blind person who doesn't even have a torch, which means not only could he not see, but no one else could see him to help him. So the Rabbanan say, a blind person could say, Yotzar Ma'oros. Why Rabbo say, why? Because even though he doesn't get benefit, he does get benefit. It's just an indirect blessing, it's just an indirect benefit. That ultimately, again, he can't see, but other people can see, and therefore help him as a result of the light that they have. And therefore, again, the Rabbanan Paskin, Halach Lamaisa, Halach Lamaisa, that what? That a blind person can be porous Ashma. And I will say, that is why we Paskin, Halach Lamaisa, a blind person says, That's why Paskin, Halach Lamaisa, because even though that particular person does not have sight, he gives thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that other people have sight as well, and therefore they are able to benefit him through their brachas. Which I will say, if you think about this, it's something so incredibly beautiful. So ultimately, again, the blind person, thanks Hashem Yotzah Oros, I don't benefit from it directly, but thank you to giving it to others because others have this bracha. Ultimately, again, I could benefit from this bracha as well. I could be saved as well. Which I will say, tells you something amazing. Why does Hashem give us brachos? So you think about it. Think about it for a moment. Why did Hashem give me sight? Why did He give me sight? It turns out that, why, why do I have sight? Not just to benefit myself, but to benefit those who don't have. Why did Hashem give me money? To benefit myself? Yeah, true. And also to benefit others who don't have. And every single bracha, Rabbi said, because even those who don't have the bracha, right? Even a person who doesn't have money says the bracha of Sha'asali called Sarki. What do you mean, Shasali Kotzarki? God give you everything you need. God didn't give you everything you need. You don't have what you need. Elamayes, Kadesh Baruch Hu did give me everything I need. It's just not in my pocket. It's in your pocket. It's in your pocket. Hashem gave me everything I need. He just gave it to you to get it to me. That's the way the world works. Hashem gives us everything. See, even the person who doesn't have sight, but he gave someone else sight. And so now I have to take my sight and use that to help you in your life. I have to take my money, help you in your life. I have to take my brachas and use them. That's how brachas work. And that's how we pass in halacha lemaisa. That's why, again, the blind person can be paris ashma. He can't see yotzama oros. Because at the end of the day, he benefits. He can't say pilkei because he benefits. Not direct benefit, but an indirect benefit. Someone else has the bracha, and therefore I can benefit from that bracha. So both say, so absolutely incredible. Says the Mishnah. Both say, fascinating sugya. Kohen A Kohen who has mumen on his hands. Lo yisa's cap of kent tochen. Now both say, so I want to point out over here. So remember again, what, why can't a Kohen with a mum dochen, look at Rashi, the fisha'am mistaklin bo. Distractions. Both say, isn't it incredible? It's all distractions. Both say, you, you begin to see from here, this is really aravoda. We have to work so hard not to be distracted, right? When you're learning, not to start getting involved in other things. Spending time with your family, don't get involved in other things. Trying to have a conversation with your spouse, don't get involved in other things. Focus, 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 right? Because otherwise, you just get, you just get, you lose out. So here again, a Kohen who has mumin on his hands, he can't dochen. Why can't he dochen? Because people are going to get distracted. Rashi says, Now Rashi points out there's an additional thing over here. We don't want people looking at the hands of the Kohen. Rashi points out over here because when Kohen and Duchen, the Shekhinah rests on their hands and it is not appropriate to look at the Shekhinah. So in general, I'll say, again, we're not, this is why okay, you, you cover your head with your talus or you look down. You're not supposed to look at the Kohanim while they are do, their hands while they're dochening. So if somebody has mumin, people naturally look at things that are different than them. We'll say it's just the, uh, you know, you know, often, often, you know, sometimes when you're out, you know, you have to remind your children, don't stare, don't this. Remember, staring and looking at something that's different is the most natural human reaction. When you see something that's different, it's, it's not, it's not a put down. It's not this, it's just, it's just basic human curiosity. You see something, obviously we have to, train ourselves and train our children in proper midos. But Lamaise, it's the most natural reaction to seeing something that's quote-unquote out of the norm. So there were a coin as mumin, he can't tochen. If you have a coin whose hands are stained, let's say a coin is a dyer, and as a result that his hands are stained, he also can't dochen. Anything that is going to cause people to stare, you can't dochen. Number one, because of distraction. Number two, because really we don't want kohanim 
looking, we don't want people looking at Kohanim at their hands while they're doing it. I will say, by the way, I will also put this out to the Kohanim, to Kohanim. Don't wear crazy socks on duchening days. It's a very important, you so no, seriously. Don't wear crazy, people wear crazy socks, you're not supposed to wear crazy socks on duchening days. Right, crazy socks, we go with regular, regular, crazy, right, duchening days, regular socks. Don't cause distractions to people when you're up there trying to be the conduit of the Ribbono Shal Olam's Bracha. Says the Gimar. Tana. Mumin Sha'amru Bifana Viado Raglov. When we speak about Mumin, this is true whether a Kohen has a mum on his face, his hands, and his feet. Am Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Yadav. Boy Kanios. Lo Yisas Kapov. If a Kohen has Yadav, Bohi Kanios. Which also means spotted hands. He shouldn't talk in Taina. Mirachi Yadav. Boy Kanios. Lo Yisas Kapov. Akumos, akushos, lo yises kapos. So also, akumos means bent hands, ak- bent forward or bent back. Akushos means bent to the side. The idea is maybe he has a deformity. So whether he has some type of deformity, which doesn't preclude him from dochening, right? Even if a coin has a mum, which would preclude him from, from doing the avoda, doesn't preclude him necessarily from dochening. So, but again, anything that's going to be a distraction, we tell him, you know what, for the greater good, do not go ahead and do it. Lo yises kapav. Rabbi Yasi, chifni ubishni. Lo yises kapav. Both said this is fascinating. A kohen who comes from Haifa or a kohen who comes from Beis Sha'an should not do it. This is wild, right? Taina meyachi in morid lef neatev lo anchei Beis Sha'an lo anchei Beis Chayva. Not only that, lo anchei Tivonin. Furthermore, they also can't be a chazan. Not only can they not do it, but if you're from Haifa, Beis Sha'an, or Tivonin, wherever that was, you shouldn't have him for the Ahmed. Why not? Ultimately, again, I will say because the people from these places often interchanged their alifs and their ayans. Now, again, today, especially in Ashkenazic pronunciation, we're not as makbari with this, right? So, right, I will say, but it does tell us that a general person shouldn't get up the daven for the Ahmed unless, of course, they're proficient. It's a very important halacha. Unless, of course, they're proficient. But the idea over here is that halacha, again, People who are confusing the olives and the ayins, we don't want them duchening, and ultimately, again, we don't want them davening. Listen to this. This is a fascinating. St- oh, it's already six forty-five. Okay, well, I say fine. We'll have to stop over here. Got a little carried away. Stop over here. We have some great story to start with tomorrow. Shkayach, everyone. Yeah.